Discover the magic of integrating your financial, legal, and life planning. It's time for Smart Simple Wealth. Hello and welcome to another edition of Smart Simple Wealth. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Carrie Qureshi, estate and wealth planning attorney at Qureshi Law Firm. Hey, Carrie, how are you doing this week? Hey, I'm doing awesome. How are you? Uh, great, and uh, looking forward to our great conversation today. We're as we record today's podcast, Carrie, already through the halfway part of the year, and so it kind of uh, you know puts some little alarm bells off in our head that hey, now would be a great time to talk about some end of year, you know, we'll call it third and fourth quarter planning items that we can dive into. So we're going to be talking about that on today's show. Does it feel like this year has flown by already faster than any other? It really does. And and I think everybody says, you know, when you have kids, you see that more, um, but it, it definitely goes by faster and faster. And so now is the time to be doing the planning, like you said, for the third and fourth quarter. Um, so it doesn't sneak up on you. Now, I don't have kids, um, so I'm interested in your perspective on this. So, you know, your whole life, you live in that very seasonal life, right? So it's, it's everything things in, okay, the first semester and then second semester, and then you have summer. You know, you don't time it by the new year necessarily. It's all by the school year. And then summer always has this, you know, weird little feeling. And then when you get into your working life, it's like, okay, you don't have this three-month break in the middle of summer. And so you get back to, you kind of have this whole whole different flow of life. Then when you become a parent again, does it start feeling like you're living in those seasons again or in that school year calendar? Does that sort of change your approach as an adult? Yeah, I mean, it really does. It didn't when our son was younger because he was still in daycare and we worked. So he didn't get a summer break. Uh, but this year was he was in kindergarten. And so this was his first real summer break. Um, and he, he was so excited about having a summer break. That I didn't want to hurt his little feelings and say, no, honey, <laughs> mommy and daddy have to work. <laughs> you don't get a summer break. And so we did leave him you know, out of school and everything. So for me as a parent, we were really trying to do some summer activities with him. I'm like, you're not going to sit at home and play on the iPad all day. And so we tried to do some RVing. um, We took him to some water parks, um, tried to do a lot of different things. But for me, working, it did feel a little bit different because I was trying to take off more time to do family activities. And so once he went back to school, then it was like, okay, now I'm really, I'm ready to double down and get back to work. And so I think that that's what you're talking about as far as even as adults having that that summer break mentality or, you know, back to school mentality. Yeah. So it, it has changed a little bit uh, a, a little bit for you now that he's back in school so now you're getting back to living that uh, seasonal life a little bit so kind of interesting to see yeah. that play out well we mentioned we've got the, the the good things to talk about here sort of into the second half of the year on today's podcast we're also going to uh, answer a question from Emily on today's show. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag portion of the program, you can do that by going to QureshiLaw.com or check the description of today's show for how to do that. And uh, Emily's wondering about the importance of letters that come after financial advisors' names. So when you see these letters or designations, you know, what do these different things mean? So we're going to answer her question a little bit later on in today's show. But before we get to all of that, let's kick things off, Carrie, with a quote of the month. And this one's from uh, Robert Kiyosaki. And Robert says, it's not how how much money you make, but how much money you keep, how hard it works for you, and how many generations you keep it for. What do you think of that? I love that one. Um, and I think one of the things that pops into my mind when I hear this is every now and then you may hear 
a coworker, you know, someone that you just know, brag about how much they made last year. And I always want to know, well, is that gross or net? Because those are two very different things. But it's also like Robert said, how hard it works for you and how many generations you keep it for. Because we work with a lot of families and small business owners. And if they're not doing the right kind of planning, then that money's not going to be protected. And it's not going to pass down to the next generation. And I think that that's really important. And when you look at it from not only a legal perspective, but from the tax and financial side, um, we we always want that next generation to do better than you know, what we've done and what we've had. Um, and so it's just, you know, this is this is one of my favorite quotes. A good quote to keep sort of at the center of today's conversation for sure. So thank you for that quote, Mr. Robert. And uh, not going to try and pronounce the last name again there on that quote giver. Uh, but yeah, we'll let that be our guiding light for today's show. So we mentioned that we're going to talk about third and fourth quarter planning. We're going to give you kind of a to-do list to keep in mind as you go through the latter half of 2019. There are some planning items you'll probably run uh, want to run a quick checkup on, especially if you're a retiree or approaching retirement sometime here in the near future. It's even more important to make sure you're on the right financial track. So think about this. Are you focusing on the right things? Also, with recent stock market volatility and some questions about uh, the you know economics uh, here in the short term, an excellent time to make sure that you've got things well prepared in your financial situation. So first on our to-do list here, Carrie, is to evaluate IRA and or Roth contributions. What are we talking about here? Absolutely. And so for us, I mean, many of the clients that we're working with, they have both a traditional and a Roth IRA. And the reason why is because it's really beneficial to look at your tax situation and look at those numbers and then have the flexibility to make the contribution, you know, to either the Roth or the traditional based on what will benefit you the most. You know, you made a lot of extra income this year. You need the tax deduction. Okay. So we make the contribution to your traditional. Maybe we don't then we put it over to the Roth, you know, pay the tax up front and let it grow tax free. Um, So that's really important to be taking a look at, you know, those contributions right now. That's one thing on the list that's an easy one to check off, just a good evaluation of what you're doing there in those IRA and Roth contribution situations. Uh, There's also a great opportunity here, item number two on the checklist, to look for opportunities for charitable donations to increase tax deductions. Is that a fit for a lot of people? It just depends. Um, We actually saw um, back in 2017 with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that um, there were significant changes in the tax code and how charitable deductions were handled. And so, um, again, it's something that we would look at your numbers and see, you know, what is a good fit for you. Uh, But we have to do that now because you have to have those charitable deductions in before December 31st. Those aren't like the IRA contributions where you can make them up to April 15th. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a big difference, right? I mean, the IRA one, you really get some extra time to make some decisions there, but uh, a totally different kind of calendar thing that you've got to consider here when it comes to the charitable donations. So this time to start thinking about that is now, not on December. 31st and trying to do some things last minute. Right, right. But now I do remember in 2017, when these tax cuts were coming for 2018, we were doing charitable planning all the way through December 31st. We had some, you know, charitable trust that we were setting up and signing on the 28th, 29th and 30th of December. And so I urge you not to wait that long um, to do it a little bit earlier. Um, but, but yes, those need to be done, you know, before the end of the year. Great point as well there, Carrie. So item number three on our to-do list here in the third and fourth quarter of 2019, offset gains with losses in your investments. I've always heard this, Carrie, but uh, make sense of it for us. I've got some, some gains. I want to 
offset the, the gains? Why would I want to do that? Well, for tax purposes, um, we always want to make sure that your investments are tax efficient. And so if you have gains this year, then you need to look at last year. And if you had losses from last year, then of course, you know, you can carry forward some amount of losses. Um, but if you don't, then we may need to look at where we can um, create some loss within your portfolio if you want to minimize the tax burden. It just really depends. Again, that is going to be a case by case scenario. Um, but we always want to make sure that your investment portfolio is tax efficient. That's an easy one for sure to uh, kind of understand there. Uh, the, the fancy way of saying, it offset gains with losses the easier way. Um, let's not overpay on taxes if we don't have to, and let's use the right strategies to fix those uh, opportunities. Yes, we never want to give the government more money than what we're obligated to pay them. There we go. Uh, fourth item on the checklist here, get updated estimates on retirement income streams. So we're talking about things here, Carrie, like pensions and Social Security and that kind of thing. Right. We just want a refresher to plug into you know, our financial planning software because a lot of our clients, I mean, we are putting those numbers in and so that they know here's our income stream for the year and here's what we have to spend the next year. Because once you are retired, those income streams are really important. They're not contributing anymore to the investments. And so it's always a good idea to get those estimates when your Social Security you know, information comes in the mail or your pension information um, to give those to your advisor to plug them into your financial planning software so you know what those new numbers are and how that's going to impact you know the next few years. Great point as well there. Uh, also, number five on the list as we look at the third and fourth quarter planning to-do items is to create a plan or a schedule to be debt-free if you don't have one already. You put a lot of importance on trying to limit or eliminate debt before retirement, right? Oh, absolutely. Right. I mean, this would you would think would be for the, the younger families, the ones that are just starting to save for retirement or investing. But it's really important because Debt has such a huge drag or burden on those trying to save for retirement. And so it's really important to have a written debt reduction strategy because you're just more likely to be successful than those people that are going to just say, well, I'll, I'll just pay it off as I go. Or when I get a little extra money, you know, I'll throw at it. So, you know, we really encourage people to sit down, look at the numbers, um, have a strategy on here's, you know, this first payoff, then I'm going to roll it into this one. And whether they're going to start with, you know, the lowest balance or um, the highest interest rate, there's different, um, you know, strategies available. I wouldn't get too hung up on the strategy on which one's better, just pick one and go with it and start getting that paid off. Sometimes it's just taking that step forward rather than trying to make everything perfect before you make decisions and start moving forward. Sometimes you just got to make some progress out of the gate uh, in certain things. Right. We don't want the uh, analysis paralysis. Yes. Yes. And debt is definitely one of the things, not not everything, but debt's one of those things that falls into that group for sure. Uh, Last but not least, one more item to put on your third and fourth quarter planning to-do list would be to, uh uh-oh, we're going to get some magic buzzwords here, rebalance. That's one of them. Rebalance your portfolio to be sure that you're as diversified, there's our second one, as you need to be. Absolutely. And like you said, this is really important because for us, rebalancing needs to be done at least quarterly. Um, And what rebalancing is, is it's simply adjusting your portfolio back to the correct asset allocation. And so, for example, if you had a 50-50 portfolio, 50% equity, 50% fixed income, um, and stocks are doing great this year. Well, if stocks are doing great and your fixed income's not so good, then now your allocation may be at a 60-40. 
And so you need to go in and sell off some of those stocks, which is really hard for some people because they'll sit there and say, well, if stocks are doing really good, why don't I keep owning them and letting it grow? But the problem is, is you're taking on more risk now in a 60% equity portfolio than a 50 and your portfolio isn't going to be as efficient. And so we want to sell off the gains and rebalance back to that original 50-50 so that your portfolio is set up, you know, the way that you need it to be. For anybody who needs help doing this checklist, Carrie, is that something that you and your team are doing at Qureshi Law Firm in, in Arkansas and Texas and folks who are near you and want to come into the office? I mean, are you able to sit down with somebody and go through this kind of checklist? I mean, maybe it's not a third and fourth quarter planning checklist, but you're doing a yearly one or maybe it's more frequent. But I mean, are you helping people walk through these steps to make their, make sure this stuff is addressed? Absolutely. I mean, this is really part of comprehensive planning. Um, a lot of advisors, maybe they just focus on the investment portfolio. But because we are so comprehensive, we're looking at the tax aspects. We're looking at um, should we put money into an IRA or to a Roth? Um, and if they have an IRA, maybe when to do a conversion to reduce taxes. Um, and so there's a lot of different moving parts. And so we want to make it as simple as possible, but we want to cover everything. We don't want to leave a, a stone unturned, you know? And so that's really important. And so if people have these questions, then we really encourage them to give us a call, send us an email, and let's sit down and, and have a discussion about, you know, what their goals are and what needs to be done for their future. All you have to do if you want to get in touch is pick up the phone, do it the old fashioned way, 870 275 4304. That's 870-275-4304. If you've got questions about, we've covered a lot of financial stuff so far on today's show, but whether it be financial, legal, or life planning in general that you want to talk about, Carrie is there to help you out and to answer questions that you might have. You can also pick up Carrie's free Family Wealth Protection Toolkit. We put a link to that in the description of each show, so check that out. It's on QureshiLaw.com, and again, the links for that in the description of today's episode. The Wealth Family Protection Toolkit is something that Carrie has put together, a physical box with great information in it that will help you start to understand sort of that magic of integrating your financial, legal, and life planning all together. It's packed with some great resources in there to help you get educated and learn a little bit more about the process. If you want to get that, all you have to do is go online at QureshiLaw.com or give a call again at 870-275-4304. There you have it, the third and fourth quarter planning to-do list. Make sure you're checking those items off in your head and uh, put them on paper even better. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Carrie a little bit better here on Smart Simple Wealth. Each time around on the podcast, I come up with a fun question to kind of pose to her to get to know her personality a little bit better. And uh, my question for you this time around, Carrie, is who is somebody that always makes you laugh? Could be comedian, actor, somebody you know personally, just somebody that gets gets you laughing every time you interact with them, it seems. Well, I don't know if it would necessarily be one person. I mean, I really like, there's a lot of different comedians out there and we'll watch their shows on, you know, Netflix or HBO. But really what pops into my head lately is the show Impractical Jokers on True TV. Have you ever seen that show? I've never seen the show, but I've seen like the ad, I've seen ads for it. Just like people doing practical jokes on unsuspecting strangers, that kind of show. Well, no, it's more, it's these four, they say they're their four lifelong friends and they're all kind of comedians and pranksters. And so they put 
each other up to these challenges. And so you'll have one of the jokesters that is being told what to do by the other ones. And so they have to try not to laugh or they just have to do everything that they tell them to do. And so they put uh. them in these really embarrassing situations out in the public at malls or different like a uh, survey groups. Um, and it's just hilarious because, you know, the public thinks that they're, they're trying to be serious and it's just these hilarious situations. And I guess it's just something that I've been watching late at night when I don't want to watch like an <laughs> in-depth but you're gonna have to check it out because it is really funny so this is like okay bob now walk to the middle of the mall and pick your nose and now you know take your shirt off and run around like you're crazy and and people are just looking at this guy and they don't know that he's being directed to do this kind of stuff is that kind of thing right like in the last one they were doing like a market research group so they bring in these people for market research and then the other jokester built the toy that they were talking about here's this toy we had this great product but then it was like these little GI Joe sets for kids to play with on the toilet and so you know the survey people are like well that's not going to work because the kids are going to be playing in the toilet with the GI Joes and the guns and everything but they just have to roll with the flow and try to make it sound like this is a really good idea uh, even though their best friend came up with the product and they're you know and they know this is a terrible idea <laughs> so the joke is sometimes on the joker, like making them look crazy, but it's also on the participants of the dif- different scenarios and making them, you right. know, kind of, kind of getting them to play along and and almost think, is this real? Like, am I am I being pranked or and seeing who kind of discovers that and doesn't? Exactly. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I'll, I'll go for that. Yeah, I just changed the question to something that makes you laugh, and there you go. The the impractical joker go. show does it for you. That's cool. There you go. Getting to know Carrie a little bit better here on Smart Simple Wealth. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Well, that sound means it's time for the mailbag. And we've got that question from Emily to feature on today's show. So here it goes. Emily in BB says, how important are the letters that some financial advisors have after their name? I don't know what any of them mean. You know, this is a really confusing area. Um, A lot of other advisors or professionals joke and call it alphabet soup because you will see these people with five or six, you know, abbreviations after their name. And so some initials or designations are achieved through an easy online course. Basically, pay this company money, they'll give you a little designation to use. But others could mean years of study with an intensive final exam um, and uh, continuing education requirements. Um, And so you really have to do your due diligence on on these designations. And so, of course, for lawyers, we have the JD designation, which is Juris Doctorate. And the most notable designation for financial advisors would probably be the CFP, the Certified Financial Planner. And I think if there's anything else other than those two, or maybe the CPA, then you really have to do a Google search or homework and research, you know, what are the qualifications? Was there any prerequisites? How long did the program take? Was there an actual final exam that was um, proctored in person? Or was it simply do a little online quiz online and we'll give you, you know, your little certificate. And so those that, that's a starting point. And while I think education is extremely important, I think a bigger question um, when you're looking at interviewing or qualifications for financial advisors is going to be, is this advisor a fiduciary, right? Meaning, are they legally obligated to act in your best interest? Because if not, um, you just have to understand that they could be selling you a product to make a commission for themselves. um, And that might not be what you really need. So that's something, you know, to really do your homework on. 
Yeah, it can be really tough because you can have some of these, uh, you know, some of these different awards or designations be given to somebody. And like you said, it just, you know, they got it from taking a quick online course or they even paid for a particular designation. I mean, I know there's platforms out there where people can basically buy an award and say like, oh, I won this, I won this cool award and they just paid for it. You know, it's like... Yeah. Not a legitimate thing. And that ah, it, it causes so much distrust throughout the industry. It's so, so unfortunate that it that it's got to be that way. But you got to deal with some of that bad, I guess, to dig through it and get to the good. Right. And I think that just goes to show you there's so much more beyond those initials and designations that there's a lot more that you need to know in interviewing and professional. Yeah, absolutely. So do a little bit more research. Unfortunately, Emily, that's going to, it will come a little bit down to you in kind of having that, uh, I don't know, can we say BS meter? Is that okay, Carrie? Uh, for some of, <laughs> for some of yes, these absolutely. things, um, or the BC meter, the bullcrap bull meter, um, <laughs> having that meter built in a little bit and trying to be able to decipher through some of those that, you know, maybe aren't, uh, aren't worth that much when it comes to designations. Doesn't mean that you throw them all out, but there are some that aren't great. And then there are some that do have some some great benefits to them. But really, the importance comes down to interviewing the advisor, making sure they have that fiduciary responsibility to make decisions in your best interest, as Carrie said, so important to make sure that that is the case. Well, if you have any questions about anything we've talked about on today's show, we love feedback. Reach out to us. Ask your questions. 870-275-4304 is how to get in touch directly with Carrie and her office. 870-275-4304. Or you can go online to CoratiLaw.com. That's CoratiLaw.com. We'll put a link to how to spell that and a link to that in the description of today's show, just in case you don't know it off the top of your head. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for taking the time out to join us, and we'll look forward to another great show next month. Thanks, Walter. Have a great day. You too. That's Carrie Qureshi. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time back here on Smart Simple Wealth. Did you know you can subscribe to the Smart Simple Wealth Podcast with your favorite app? It's on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and dozens of other places where you listen to podcasts. And if it's not on an app you'd like to use, let us know and we'll get it on there. To make sure you never miss an episode, just search Smart Simple Wealth on your favorite podcasting platform today and subscribe. Investment advisory services offered through Pegasus Wealth Coaching, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Legal services provided by Qureshi Law Firm, PLLC. The Qureshi Law Firm and Pegasus Wealth Coaching are not affiliated in any way. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment or legal advice. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. Information provided does not create an attorney-client relationship and cannot substitute for obtaining legal advice from an attorney admitted to practice law in your state.